Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the sermon this morning is the Holy Gospel, and we focus on these words. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is our text. Last week, Pastor Luis Coronado took a city bus to go visit some of his members where he was living in Ordaz, Venezuela. He had been pastor there for more than 20 years, and he was well-respected in the community as a kind and gentle shepherd. When Luis did not come home that evening, his family became concerned and they eventually notified the authorities. And four days later, they found him in an abandoned house. He was murdered. His hands and his feet were tied. He leaves behind a wife and three children and a grieving congregation. Where is God? Where is God in the darkness of this world? Where is God in the darkness of our lives? And it is dark out there and in here. Never mind that yesterday was the darkest day of the year. I'm not talking about that kind of darkness. I'm talking about the darkness of this world. The kind of darkness that can kidnap and murder a Lutheran pastor. And I'm talking about the darkness of our hearts and of our lives. Where is God in the darkness of this world? December can be a difficult time. If it isn't for you now, it probably will be someday. It can be difficult because this is the time of the year when the memories of our loved ones who are no longer with us come back. They come back sometimes in very strong and overwhelming feelings. Maybe they left us this past year or maybe it was many years ago. But their death left a huge hole in our lives. And we come to Christmas Eve services and we sit there in the candlelight and we sing Silent Night. And all of the other great hymns and texts and melodies come back and they bring back the memories of our loved ones who are not with us anymore. Not sitting with us like they used to. Sometimes all we can do is weep. Or maybe we're going through our own stuff here, now. Maybe it's you or someone you know who is sick or suffering. 
seven years of chemo treatment and experimental therapies, and the cancer just won't go away. In fact, every year it's just a little more advanced than it was a year before. Ten years in a stroke recovery ward, paralyzed, and there's been virtually no recovery, and it just seems to go on and on. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray for our loved ones or for ourselves. Sometimes it seems like God isn't listening. Does he even care? Where is God in all of this? Or maybe the darkness in our lives is one of distance. The kind of spiritual distance from the Lord. Maybe you grew up singing away in the manger and all of the other children's Christmas carols. And you came to know the Lord as a child. You came here to confirmation and to youth group. And you knew the Lord and you knew where your spiritual home was then. But as you grew into adulthood, Jesus and the the manger and the cross and all that stuff have kind of become a recessed mental image. Kind of like the times tables or the additions facts that we can pull when we think we need them. But we don't need them very much in this world of smartphones and Google. Maybe you say, well, that was a nice story for children at Christmas. But what does it really have to do with me? What does it have to do with my life today? Where is God anyway? Where is God? Dear friends, God is right where he has always promised to be. He's right here in Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel, God with us. In baby Jesus, God himself was born into the world. He was born to be God with us. That's right, God himself slept in the straw. All the blessings of heaven were there wrapped up and diapered in an animal's food trough. God himself chose to dwell in the most insignificant and unimportant places and circumstances, and he took on your own flesh and blood to do it. As the hymn writer declared, he was little, weak, and helpless. Tears and smiles like us he knew. And he feels for all our sadness, and he shares in all our gladness. From heaven's splendor, Jesus stepped right into the darkness of this world to live and to breathe and to grow and to serve and to be God with us. Luther said, in Jesus Christ, God came so near that he could not be any nearer. But Jesus came not just to be any kind of God 
with us. He came to be the God with us who saves. That's what the angel said to Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus. That, that means Savior. You shall call him Savior, the angel said, because he himself will save his people from their sins. A Savior is a helper. A Savior is a rescuer. A Savior is a helper and a rescuer who can help you in the most hopeless and helpless of situations and circumstances. And that's what Jesus did for us, for you, in your sorrow, in your sickness, and even through death. For Jesus was sent from the arms of his Father in heaven to be born into the arms of the Blessed Virgin and to be nailed to the arms of the cross. Jesus had to be God with us who saves. As the writer of the Hebrews says, therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God in order to atone for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus was born into the flesh, the same flesh that you and I have. And he was nailed to the cross to atone for your sins and my sins and for the sins of the whole world. There is no sin. There is no unbelief. There is no wandering away from God. There is no death or sin in this world that has not been taken care of completely by the blood of Jesus. Jesus, your savior, took all of that into himself and crucified it there at Calvary once and for all. It is finished. Case closed. Deal done. And he left us the empty tomb to seal the deal. Because the God with us, who went from heaven to manger to cross, was raised on the third day to prove to you and to me and to all the world that he lives and that he lives for us. As we just sang, God the Father was his source. Back to God he ran his course. Into hell his road went down, back then to his throne and crown. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, he made a promise to his disciples and to every Christian ever since. He promised to be the God with us. In the last chapter of Matthew's gospel, he said, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the great mystery of the word made flesh, of the God with us who saves. That just as he came into flesh and blood for you and me, long ago in the manger, 
so also he comes to us today. He's clothed in simple words that are read and spoken and preached. Words that can be scoffed at and rejected if that's what one wants to do. And he rests on the altar in lowly bread and wine. And he has already touched you with the water and the word that was put upon you in your holy baptism. Where is God? He is right here, always, for you, in his word and his sacraments, just as he promised. And dear friends, that is a promise that faith can hold on to. Behold, I am with you, always. Here, always, in his means of grace. They created faith and they sustain it in you. Water and word, bread and wine. And that promise will carry you through all sickness, through sorrow, through suffering, and even through death into life. So, come again this Christmas Eve to behold the God with us who saves. As Luther said, my brain would tell me that if I really want to see God, I should look somewhere up on high. But I tell you, if you really want to find joy, bend yourself down to the manger. That's where I want to be. I want to stay with that little boy as he sucks, as he's washed in baptism, and as he dies. There's no joy except in that little boy. Take him away and you will only face God's wrath. But as for me, I want to know of no other God than the one in the manger. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, 